0: They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 844. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 844. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. Hello shameless moms. Oh, I'm excited to talk about this. Today we're going to talk about rest and we're I'm recording this at the beginning of the new year in January of 2024. This is always always relevant, but I wanted to record it now because as we think about what how we want a year to play out for ourselves, I want to invite you to really really consciously integrate rest into your life in a intentional way over the course of the next year. And with this i'm hoping that you will be able to frame rest in a way that allows you to see and understand the truth about rest which is that rest is your birthright and rest is not a reward and so often when we are leading hectic busy chaotic lives as women as leaders as moms We think that we have to do all these things before we let ourselves rest, and we get in a pattern of using rest as a reward. As soon as I do all these things on my to-do list, then I'll let myself rest, which is a really, really unhealthy relationship with rest, and it's not one that serves our physical health, our mental health. It also isn't what we want to be modeling to our kids, that you don't rest until you earn it. So we're going to dig into all of this today. I have to tell you that so much of my passion around rest, as someone who struggles with it, let me also say that. like I am not good at all the things I'm gonna tell you because I am someone who has used rest as a reward for much of my life. It's part of my nature as a type A, high achiever kind of a person, but so much of what I have learned has been from the work of Trisha Hersey, who wrote the book Rest is Resistance. And so I will link that book in the show notes. It is a phenomenal book. It is so eye-opening. And it also is this call to arms that helps us see the way that we are conditioned to think about rest in our current culture is the reason that we don't rest. And it also calls us to recognize that when we don't rest, we are participating in supremacy culture. Because what has been created for us to never let ourselves rest, to always hustle and do more and produce more and always be creating more and never, never stop, that is all supremacy culture. That is all culture that was designed centuries ago, decades ago. But over the course of many, 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 many years, we conditioned people to recognize that creating more is always better. And a lot of this precedes the industrial revolution, but there's also roots in the industrial revolution where we're in this industrial revolution, we're coming out of the depression and we're like, oh my gosh, we have to like produce these things. This is our way out of this really hard season in life. And this is the way that we can pull ourselves out. And there was a panic about that because things had been so hard for so long. But when we look back even pr- before that, we look at the way that people were allowed to use rest based on race. And so when we look back at how, in times of slavery and how slaves were allowed to rest or not, in most cases, not and probably close to all cases, not versus the people who had the oppressors, people who had control over them, how they were allowed to incorporate rest really, really different models in terms of how rest was used. And then how rest we were people in those times were allowed to use rest as a birthright or not. And so the book, Trisha's book, Rest is Resistance, is just phenomenal. It's so eye opening. What I want you to be thinking about, though, as we talk through rest today is what messages have you consciously and subconsciously been carrying around rest? And what are the costs of those messages to you? What are the costs of those internalized beliefs? Again, whether they're conscious or subconscious, what is the cost of those beliefs and that belief system and how is it working for you or not working for you? And my guess for most of us, because I know so many people who listen to the show are like me, high achiever, go, go, go people who are just like always looking ahead and never stopping in the moment to pause for a second and like maybe take a nap. There's definitely a lot of costs for that for us. So when we think about women's conditioning around rest, we have been in a system where hustle rewards women so of course we keep hustling because we have been rewarded for that especially as we have fought to have the same rights as men working moms as we fight to show up in the workforce and be recognized and seen as being qualified and competent and able to keep up with things hustle has been rewarded so i want you to think about where you have pushed yourself to hustle not just to hit a certain mark In order to get through a sprint season in your life because we do have to do that sometimes i don't want to say like never hustle there's definitely times where you might be like this is a really busy week or a chaotic quarter or season that i have to get through i know many people who i friends of mine who've gone back to school or clients of mine who've gone back to school they're like okay for like the next two years life is going to be really different now that doesn't mean you don't rest for two years but you're in this season where you're like okay It's going to be extra work, and how am I going to then get through that? So there are these seasons where we do have to push, we do have to hustle, but when we make that a lifestyle that is indefinite, that's where things become problematic. So thinking through where have you incorporated hustle and internalized hustle culture into your life in ways that maybe you haven't noticed, I remember a friend of mine telling me years ago, so she would have had, before Vinnie was born, she would have had like a Three year old and a six month old. And I remember her saying after she was back at work, after having her second child, and I remember her saying, like, she couldn't believe how overwhelming life was. She's a lawyer. She had a really busy legal job, and her husband, also a lawyer. And she said that they both worked full time. The kids had this fantastic child. They were in childcare and they loved their childcare provider. So, luckily, that was, you know, really helping them and really supporting their family. But she said that she would get home in the evening and like you get home in the evening at like six o'clock from a totally packed day of like legal chaos. Like (laughs) there's a lot of intensity around being a lawyer, right? So you get home from this really, really busy day and then you go into mom mode. And mom mode, when you have a three-year-old in a six-month mode, that is like a whole nother hustle. Like that is a whole second day of hustle from like 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. or whatever it is for you. And so that was like this whole hustle. And so she said like every week was like just getting through the week, but then she'd get to the weekend and it was all the things that she couldn't get done between like 6 and 9 p.m. during the week. So it was the laundry and the grocery shopping and the house stuff and all this stuff. And she and her husband worked really well doing it together and doing it jointly, but it was still just like she said, it's just this like hamster wheel that never ends. And I remember not having Vinny yet. And I was like, that sounds really hard. (laughs) Like this is good birth control. Um, But then after Vinny was born, I was like, oh my gosh, I see it. Like you get so caught up in just having to survive that you can't see outside of your own hustle to see that, oh my gosh, I haven't rested in so long. And so when we would meet up during that time, we would meet up to work out together. And I remember like that was her only rest. And Resting absolutely can be working out if that is like a mental escape for you, if it improves your health, if it's a place for you to turn your brain off or do some processing, that can be a form of rest and restoration for sure. But it's also like you know continuing to push and go hard often in a workout. It's not like we were doing like these super like relaxing yoga workouts. It was like we were doing swimming workouts and weight workouts. And so we were like getting in the pool and going really fast and then getting out there and doing our weights. And it
1: was a hustle. You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
2: Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.
0: I think this example is very, very true for so many women in motherhood. And then when we think about what we do in the workplace, so this woman also was really wanting to advance her career, it was really important for her to do things with her law career and irregardless of motherhood. And so she hustled in her work. And this is also really common where everywhere we turn, we're like, okay, I just got to get through this, I just got to get through that. If I want to get to the next thing, I have to do that you can see how over time that rest is just never built in. And it's really, really hard to find time for it when it's not modeled anywhere. You don't see anyone doing it. People aren't talking about it at work. So one of the most powerful things we can do is to start talking about rest and to start talking and to start leading others by demonstrating how we integrate rest into our lives as a birthright and not a reward, because we've been so conditioned not to do that. We also have to look at When women started getting messages coming out of the 50s and 60s, when we started getting these messages that women can do anything, now you can vote and you can have your own credit card and you can take out a mortgage and you can get jobs and you can move up the corporate ladder. Now, all that with the asterisk that it's going to be twice as hard and you're going to have to go twice as slow because of all these systems of oppression that are in place for women. But we were getting these messages that like you can have it all now. And in order to then go get it all, we had to work double time because while we were being told you can go have it all, there was no adjustment in the current systems where things were taken off of our plates. So it was like, yeah, you can go do it all. Sure, sure, woman, go get the go after the crew you've always wanted. But also make sure you keep that household running smoothly, keep the kids. All their needs met. Get dinner on the table. Do, like it was basically like, take your full time job of household management that you've been told that is your primary should be your primary focus from women into the fifties and sixties, and then add to that. Sure, go get that full time career. Go get that full time career and go for it and get anything you want and go for the raise and the promotion and take all that on. But like, make sure you also keep doing all of the other things you were still doing. So we weren't given systems that were like, okay, now that you're going to take on other things. Now that we're creating opportunities for women to really, really show up and shine and be given equal opportunities, even if they're being paid less and they have to work twice as hard, there was no integration of, okay, we're recognizing that now we have to adjust systems accordingly so that you can actually go get the things that you want within like normal human capacity, not having to essentially be two full-time human beings all the time. So we were conditioned to then go after things in a way that was just adding more and more and more to our plate all the time without ever taking anything off. And that's what we've done. And we've done that for generations. So this is what we were modeled. And this is also what we are modeling in many, many cases that yes, you can have it all go get it. And here's all the other things you're going to have to carry with you because we haven't created systems that will allow you to do it any other way. So when we don't have systems that allow us to see what healthy rest looks like. It's really hard to create that for ourselves. And it can feel very indulgent and it can feel very uncomfortable because it feels like, well, who am I to go rest when other people can't rest? It feels like this very privileged position. And Trisha actually talks about this in her book. She says, she's like, yes, we all have this birthright to rest and we all need to go, we all need to integrate rest in more healthy ways. And also If you are coming from a position of privilege, how are you not only honoring your own rest, but how are you also calling out systems that do not allow other people to rest, people in the margins to rest, that do not allow people who carry marginalized identities to rest? How are you recognizing that you can rest, but also if you come from a position of privilege, you need to be checking the systems to make sure that the systems that are going to allow you to rest will also allow everyone else to rest. So she talks about this specifically between black and white women. So women, many white women have much more privilege than many black women in so many ways. And we've seen this over centuries. And this is baked into our culture and into our existing systems of oppression. And so how can I recognize as a white woman that I can create space for me to rest, but how am I also making sure that other people who don't carry the privilege that I carry are also going to get the benefits of a system that allows for rest? That's a really, really big question, but it's also how we all need to be in it together because at the end of the day, we belong to each other, right? So when we look at resting, what does that look like? And how do we recognize that just because we've been told we can have it all doesn't mean we have to prove at all times that we can be doing it all, all the time, all at once. We have created a systems and structures where our constant need to overproduce, overgive and overprove ourselves has led us to burnout, like collective wide scale burnout. And to the point that we don't even recognize that we're there, like, let's be really clear about this. Some of us are like, yes, I'm burnt out. Like, I can recognize that. I can look at these symptoms of burnout and be like, yes, that is me. And then others of us are in burnout, but it feels so normal because we've been there for so long. We don't know that that's what it is. And I've had conversations with friends who have done a lot of work around this um, and work on resetting nervous systems. And when we look at resetting nervous systems and we look at coming out of burnout and we look at how to integrate rest as a birthright, sometimes the automatic thought that we have if we're someone who's lived in burnout for a long time, if we're someone who has not been able to rest consistently in a long time, we look at this and we're like, okay, so I should schedule a vacation, right? Or okay, I should like get a massage once a month. We look at it as this really like finite thing, like, okay, I'm gonna put it on my calendar so that I can rest here once a month, or I can rest here like every six months, I'll take a vacation and I can rest there, which by the way, if you're like going on vacation with your family, that doesn't even count. So <laughs> when we look at where can we put rest in in these like really infrequent ways and then count it as rest. If we are looking at how we actually want to reset our nervous systems from a lifetime of not resting and being conditioned to live in a way that does not allow for rest as a birthright, we really have to look at how are we going to rest on a very regular basis over the long term. This means that we need to be intentionally creating downtime in very consistent ways that we need to give ourselves permission to do nothing and that we need to say no to things in order to do nothing. These can be really uncomfortable. I've been in the situation recently where I was invited to do something and I really wanted to go because it was with people who I love, people who I enjoy spending time with, people who I very legitimately wanted to catch up with. And also it had been a very busy, hectic, overwhelming week. And I was so pulled. I was like, okay, I can go do this thing with them and I know it would be great to catch up. But oh my gosh, this week has been so much. And I really, really also feel the need to like put on my pajamas at five o'clock and sit down and not talk to anyone except for like my family members, which will just involve like having a family movie night. And so I had to say no to the thing. And I had to say no to this thing that would have been fun because I just really needed to do nothing. And that level of permission felt really uncomfortable. And I caught myself starting to send a text out that was like this big excuse around, well, I can't do it because of this and this and this. And like, kind of even like a half truth around, because I, I didn't want them to think I didn't want to be there. I, mean, I just got all wrapped up in my head about it. And then I realized like, these are women who really respect boundaries. And these are women who have said to me, I can't do something because I'm just too tired. Yet I didn't feel like I could go and say the same thing. So I finally just replied and I was like, I would love to do this, but I'm so spent. It's been such a long week and I just, I can't get it together to get out of the house. And they were like, cool, no problem. Like it was so not a big deal. But I caught myself in this moment where my socialization was like, don't let them down. You know, don't say no. You're not even going to do anything. If you say no, you're just going to be sitting here doing nothing. I needed to sit there and do nothing. That is what I needed most in that moment. So where can you catch yourself in those moments where you never give yourself permission to do nothing, where you don't let yourself say no to things in order to, quote unquote, do nothing? And then how are you creating intentional downtime?
3: Hi there. I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. through our challenges whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out make some noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life simply search make some noise with andrea owen wherever you listen to your podcasts
4: well hey there busy mama are you looking for ways to make your life easier your home less chaotic and at the same time add more joy to your life
0: Trisha Heresy gives this powerful example of how she integrated rest when she was a single mom working full time and in grad school. And she talks about getting up, I want to say at like 5 a.m., like this really, really early hour of the day to get her child across town to child care and then her- get herself back across town to get to school and then do some class time and then work her job and then do more class time, get back across town to pick up her child, come home and get her child fed into bed and then do homework and then get to bed by like midnight in order to get up the next day and do it again, again, like starting at like 5 a.m. or something. So she had the system in place where, and she had this realization that she wasn't getting any rest and that was having all these detrimental effects on her And she recognized that she needed to incorporate rest. And she was like, where, how, like, what's that going to look like? And she started finding times where she could rest in small bits of time consistently throughout the day. And so she gives this example of she would take the bus with her child and she used that bus time for study time. Like that was critical, crucial study time for her. And she started letting herself and at first, like giving herself permission, but then also making sure that this was not a reward, that this was a birthright, and this was actually more important than many other things, she started letting herself integrate rest into those bus rides. So instead of studying for the whole bus ride, she would let herself rest and stare out the window for 10 minutes, and then she would go back to doing her her homework and studying and doing the stuff that she needed to do for school when she was at her working when she had time between like her job and class and that like little tiny transition times, finding ways where she could just sit for a minute and like take some breaths and before she moved on with her day. So it was like these little micro opportunities for rest throughout the day that were very consistent, that were very intentional and that were pre-planned so that she integrated them on a really regular basis. So when we think of ourselves being so busy and we think, well, there's no way I could take a nap today, maybe that isn't what it needs to be. Maybe it needs to be deep breaths I oftentimes when I walk up to pick Vinny up from school, I have to catch myself in these moments of, okay, like I'm away from my computer. Now I should catch up with all the things on my phone. So while I'm walking up to school, I should be like replying to texts and replying to video messages on Marco Polo and like checking in with so-and-so and and doing all these things. And I cannot tell you how amazing it is when I catch myself and I put my phone back in my pocket and I say, no, I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to walk with the dog. And I'm just going to breathe, and I'm going to walk the four blocks without more input and without outputting anything. And it feels so restorative. It's like this moment to process what I've been doing that day up to that point, like process and kind of complete my day up until 3 p.m., and then Take some deep breaths and restore for the next part of my day, which will go from like 3 p.m. to 10 p.m., which, by the way, is like a whole nother day. That's seven hours. So when we go to like pick our kids up at school and it's three o'clock and we're thinking like, oh, the day's winding down. It No, <laughs> that's like lunchtime. We're like, still seven hours left of the day, depending on when you go to bed, and when you get your kids from school or daycare or whatever. But there's still this chunk of the day that is sizable and significant. So those little moments where you can integrate rest can make a huge, huge difference. What happens when we don't model rest? When we don't model rest, we stand for these systems that have taught everyone to hustle, that have taught us to always be going harder and faster at all times. We are supporting the models that say that women need to overproduce and overgive and overprove themselves in order to get where they wanna go. Now, if you are a woman in a position that does not have much power you might be saying, oh my gosh, but that's what I need to do to get ahead. And you might be right. If you are a woman that has more power, if you are a woman that is in a position of power in your workplace or in your community, how can you really take responsibility to model that I'm not going to overproduce and overprove and overgive? And I'm going to be really vocal about that so that other people know that that is appropriate and that that is what we should be doing and that that is healthy and that that is safe and that that is your birthright. A couple of the ways that I've seen this happen is when corporate leaders, leaders in any capacity in the workplace say, you can email me any time of day, but know that I don't reply to emails after 5 p.m., So you've said to your team members, you can shoot me a message anytime you want. Like my inbox is never closed to you, but also I don't reply to emails after five o'clock. And then you actually do not reply to emails after five o'clock. Or same thing with like, you can shoot me an email anytime. If it's outside of working hours or over a weekend, I'm not going to reply. So that people know that. And then you have to actually do that. So you can't actually then reply to email on the weekend. I was just in this situation a couple days ago where... I had a Monday meeting with a group of potential clients. And I was really excited for this meeting. And I thought on Sunday, I was like, oh, I should send out this email to them with just a couple items for the call, just a couple like quick notes. And then I sa- thought, oh, no, I'm not going to send this message on a Sunday. Because if these people become coaching clients of mine, I do not want to model to them that I am sending my clients emails on Sundays. So instead, at first thing on Monday morning, I sent them the email with like, hey, here's the things that I wanted to get on your radar before we get on our call later this afternoon. Because I wanted them to know that I'll send an email reminder first thing in the morning, but I'm not sending an email reminder in the middle of the weekend. Because if they are going to become my clients, that's not the precedence I want to be setting. Nor even if they don't become my client, and they're looking at me as someone who does business coaching, I don't want them to think like, oh, well, person who owns a business should be sending out emails on a Sunday. So we always get to choose what we're modeling and what we're modeling to the people that we're mentoring, what we're modeling to the people who are watching us. People are always watching, my friends. (laughs) What we're modeling in our relationships. I also don't really want my kids seeing me sitting on the couch with my laptop when we're supposed to be watching a show together and me being like on a Sunday afternoon saying, okay, well, I just have to send this email to, to my clients really quick on a Sunday at two. I don't want him to see that. So we have to really think about what we're modeling if we're in a position to be modeling to other people what this can look like. So as you move forward, as you move into the new year, how can you be conscientious of integrating rest as your birthright into your year? How can you integrate rest in a way that it's not something you have to earn, that you don't have to get everything done on your to-do list, that intentionally you're saying, hey, I'm stopping in the middle of the to-do list. I'm taking a break, here's what I'm going to do, and then I'll come back to the to-do list later. I am definitely guilty of wanting to get all the things done because I think I want to get all the things done so that I can really rest, so that I don't have anything on my mind. I do this with food too, like I want to get everything done before I have lunch so that I can really sit and enjoy my lunch. But the thing is, when I do that over and over and over again, I've proven to myself that... I just never get around to the rest. I never get around to the eating. This has happened to me so many times where I thought I'm just going to get all this stuff done so that I can eat lunch. And then all of a sudden, it's time to go pick up Vinny and it's three o'clock and I haven't eaten lunch because I've been trying to get all these things done before I can sit down and rest and enjoy my lunch in peace. The long term effects of that, I have to say, like, when I do that repeatedly a few days in a week, it really, really messes up my body. I start getting headaches. I start feeling really cranky. And it's not in that moment. It's not in the moment of being hungry at three o'clock that afternoon. It's literally like two days later, my body catches up. And is like, remember two days ago when you didn't eat for way too long? Like, we're letting you know now that that was not okay. (laughs) So for me, it's a delayed reaction where I've had to catch it over time and be like, oh, wow, (laughs) I need to be doing better with this because it is a delayed response and I need to recognize where it's coming from. So where are you gonna integrate rest as your birthright in 2024? Not saving it for a reward, not saving it for the last thing on your list, but putting it near the top of the list because it's something that needs to be integrated every single day, not just a spa trip once a month or once a quarter, not a vacation once or twice a year with your family that's not even relaxing. (laughs) It needs to be integrated every single day. So I hope this was helpful. I know this is a lot to take in, a lot to consider. So please listen to this episode more than once if you really need to like feel this seeping into your core and know that this might not look perfect. You might have to do some experimenting. It might be really uncomfortable, like permission to do nothing can feel uncomfortable if you're someone who's always doing something. So we're all in this together. And I am definitely in this with you always.